Hey everyone, welcome to the Practica Podcast, the podcast where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry within the local church. And we are your hosts, Josh and David. Loftus and Lawler. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) interrupt you and you didn't do it the same way. No, I'm keeping you on your toes. You, I am, I am keeping you, keeping it spicy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you like knocked me back. I wasn't really, I wasn't prepared for that. I know, I know. Hey, yeah. you know what? Life, life's an adventure, and I am your captain. Hey, if life throws you People, melons, yeah. you might be dyslexic. You make, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, I got a joke in there even before we did the joke. It's not even the dad joke time. I know. Like you literally just, that was one off hey, off the cuff, on the spot. Somebody told me on Sunday, they were like, hey, do you know when you are, or last night at our group night, they were like, hey, do you know when yeah. you're able to get, when you're able to get and understand dad jokes when you think they're funny? It's when they become apparent. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Wow. Was that was that Colton? No. It was actually a mom. Mm-hmm. Was it a mom? It was a mom. Shout out to the mom. Yeah, who shall re- re- remain nameless? <laughs> yeah, <apparently. laughs> for her own for her own care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I David, I do have a I do have a dad joke for you. All right, all right. It has to do with my wife. Oh, all right. I'm gonna laugh wife, if we if we uh, if we um, have the same joke, but we'll see. My wife came over and told me that I was massively. I- immature. So I told her to get out of my fort. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> the, the same one. That's the exact same joke I was going to tell you. I have two jokes, yeah. but that is amazing. <laughs> that's how you know. We. That's how we you know the podcast the, is the same joke. I probably distorted my voice in everybody's ears right now. Um, yeah, I but- think that probably just got really loud for me. That's okay. I'll I'll, I'll try to fix it in editing. Good luck with that. Um, really, uh, it's the same joke. <laughs> yeah, literally. I I thought what that was odds? so amazing. Oh, I'm I'm so happy right now. I'm all warm and fuzzy. Well, oh, well, hopefully well, I won't. Great. Hopefully I won't war- ruin it with mine. We might have covered this okay. one before, but um, listen, are you on bestlifeonline.com right now? Is that is that the website that <laughs> no, you're on? No. Okay, I just want to make sure we're not like looking at the same list. No, okay. no. But Sorry, listen, in the end, um, yeah. I've been thinking about it, and I want to die mm. peacefully, uh, preferably in my sleep, like my grandfather. And so I want to die like him and not screaming and yelling like the passengers in his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> it is. It's so dark, but so good. It's. Oh, why are the family goodness. ones even like the funniest? Like, yeah. The, the the wife, you know, accusing of being immature and the grandfather yeah. dying peacefully. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've got one more for you. Okay, let's hear it. I can't take my dog to the pound anymore because the ducks keep attacking him. That's what I get for buying a purebred dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, that's like dad status. <laughs> a purebred dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But um. Yeah. Delicious. So good. Oh, so good. wow. All right. Okay. Well, David, last uh, last Lord's Day. Yes. We were, um, we're, we're honing in on the end of chapter three. Yes. We've got a couple more Sundays. Couple more, but we're almost there. You were in 11 through 15. Yes. You were with Sunday. us this last Sunday. I was with you. It was you. wonderful. I was. It was great. It was great being there. Yeah. Excellent sermon. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thought it was a great service. Uh, I enjoyed... 
I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the communion. Yes. I gotta say, if there only a, if only we could yeah. take that weekly. I'm still contending. It'll happen. It'll happen. Give I'm, it time. Give yeah, it, give it time. It'll happen. Yeah, I just think there's such yeah, a great no continual reminder in that. So it was good. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. deacons yeah. and our administrator Terry did a fantastic job of preparing those elements. It was, it was great. great. Yeah, it was, it was. It was an awesome Sunday. But we were in chapter three, verses eleven through fifteen. Yes, sir. So we're read that for us. You're going to give us a little synopsis, uh, and then we're going to hop into um, hop into the up. Sound good? Great. All right. First John chapter three, starting in verse eleven. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers and, and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Well, to quote David, who quotes me, who quotes the Apostle Paul, who quotes Isaiah, (laughs) the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God endures forever. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You dropped that last Sunday and I smiled. I was was trying so hard not to look at you and Colton and make eyes, because I saw you two lock eyes, and I was like, if I I look at the two of those, I'm going to lose it in the service. And we're gonna right. we're gonna lose our That's traction. Right. So one of these days, one of these days, I'm gonna make you lose it in the service. I, it's gonna be. I don't doubt that. Glorious, glorious. Yeah, yeah. All right, David. So that's the passage. Um, why don't you give us a little a uh, little synopsis of the sermon, and then we'll hop into uh, hop into talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So in this text, we were really examining essentially what John has already said. Uh, we. You know, of course, have looked at the the fact that in this book, in our study, we're finding themes that John is dealing with, and and I would say a theme that he's drawing out that he's now referencing from a different perspective is really the issue of harm, in the reality of the false teachers and the lawless behavior, and then the reality of hope in the believer's life through God's holiness and the redemption that is in Christ and what it means to live a life according to Christ. And so in this, we really found in our outline that we are to love one another and not like the fallen world, but as those who abide. And specifically, as we found, it's those who abide in Christ. And so we looked at that first point of how we're to love one another. Uh, John really reminded us of uh, the gospel message that we've heard from the beginning. He uses that language that he used in chapter one and even in chapter two that were to uh, take the message we've heard that we've seen that we've that that they the apostles had had proclaimed to us that we have then believed and remembered and as we've understood it and then faithfully as we're living it out um, we're to remember the proclamation of Jesus Christ as our motivation to love one another um again i made the point that no one um, is part of the community of faith. No one has fellowship with God and his people unless they've first been confronted by and converted to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And so through that, that obviously shows a different kind of fruit, a different kind of character in our life. And so out of that, as the people of God who've believed in the gospel, have been changed by the gospel, and now are seeking to live according to the gospel, John tells us we should love one another. And I really tried to make clear that this is not a divine suggestion. This is not an apostolic idea um, that originates in the apostles. This is really uh, the apostles saying this is the divine word. This is the gospel proclaimed to us that we should sacrificially lay down our lives essentially. And I even made the point of how, you know, verses 16 through 18 that you're going to cover this next weekend um, at Redeemer, that text is really John saying, let me now uh, apply this for you. Here's the practical application in how we should love one another. And so one of the questions we'll likely even cover in our time is that we're to be loving the brethren, um, the local church, by being sacrificial. Uh, one of the points I even really tried to challenge our people with was, is it possible, looking at all that the Lord has given us and allowed us to have in our worldly possessions, in our provisions, in our income, in our stuff, is it possible that the Lord has actually given us those things simply to be almost a vessel by which he uses to give those things to his church? Um, yeah, yeah, and, and we're we're and we're going to be covering that next week, or I should say this week. Yeah, uh, very very heavily. Right. Yep. And so that becomes a, a practical application that we saw in the exposition. Um, that love is defined by God Himself. It's sacrificial um, in how our love is to be. And so again, um, out of that, we we were reminded that love is not defined by the world. It's defined by the Word, both the incarnate Word, Jesus Christ, and the written Word uh, of God's revelation of Himself and His instructions for life and godliness. And so out of that, I really tried to show that, you know, really the source and the substance of love for the fallen world is man himself, um, and that's the heart of the problem. Um, And so as we, you know, went on in the text, you know, specifically verse 12 and 13, really deals with the issue of Cain. And how Cain was one who was a murderer. He was of the evil one. He was of Satan. Um, And so you got that comparison again between the children of God and the children of Satan. And so that was a real issue um, that John was drawing out. And, And I'm convinced from what we find in Genesis 4 that John was pointing to and how John was dealing with it is that he's basically saying who you worship which is an outflow of who who rules your heart, who your spiritual father is. Who you worship will be reflected in how you love. And so, you know, we see in Abel, Abel worshiped God by faith with a heart of praise and love, and Cain offended God. He did not love God. He was without faith, and he had a heart filled with evil. And so, man, if we want to look at how we're loving, we also have to examine who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping God or ourselves or or the world? Um, I quoted James 4 of, you know, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so we were really reminded we're not to love as the world, but we're to love um, as those who abide in Christ. And so even we're reminded that we should not be surprised. And I even made mention, you know, it doesn't surprise me when the world hates me or when the world pushes back against the church. What surprises me and shocks me or, or wounds me um, is when those who claim to be Christians are those 
who act as though um, they uh, live as the world. And that's the most painful. And so we really concluded on what does it mean to, again, abide, as we've been constantly reminded. And and John used that language um, in verse 14, that we're those who passed out of death into life. That's his, That's one of his terms that he uses from Jesus out of John 5 when speaking of eternal life. And, and then he gives a negative example in John 15, and he gives an example, a negative example of, of death and judgment. And so we saw in conclusion, as we go into what your text is, we really saw in conclusion that the, those who hate their brother, um, and John says they're a murderer, um, and they don't have eternal life abiding in them, we saw that that is someone who is, has opposition in their, in their heart. Uh, they are those opposed to Christ, his commands, and his people. But the Christian is someone who's characterized by devotion, who's abiding in Christ, his commands, and has a great love for his people. And so the end of the question, the thing for us to think on that will probably, I'm assuming, be a big portion of our of our discussion and how to practically apply the text, is are we loving one another, and specifically according to Christ, and his commandments. Well, yeah, and and something that you touched on in the sermon, and it bears repeating, is the topic of love and how one loves, where love comes from, how love is defined, is a massive hot-button topic in our society today, right? right? Especially as we find ourselves in the month that we're in, where we have an entire month dedicated toward being able to define love however you want. Right. Right. Um, and and we we see the results of that in our culture as people. I mean, at the end of the day, it's we haven't progressed past the the, the tower of Babel, right? It's the same thing. We want to be able to define power and and in our own in our own definition, we want to be able to live how we want to live. We want to be able to set ourselves up as God, right? Because if we can do that, then we can define reality however we want we can live however right. we want without any consequences whatsoever right and we see in and it's ironic I'm, i it, i know it's a joke but i don't think it's a joke like we it's ironic we call it pride month because that's exactly what it is it's just not the right it's not it's not the same definition of pride yeah right absolutely um, and and we live in a month right now where so many people are living and so are are celebrating what they define as love and we see it as often. And I would say pretty much all the time, the exact opposite of what the word defines as love. Right. And you're going to get that the farther and farther we go, uh, in, in this life that we live, right. It's, it's, we're not, we're not post, uh, post millennial, right? So I believe in, in, in my eschatology, my theology, that we're going to live in this culture that's just going to become increasingly and increasingly more and more against God's word as the standard. Yeah. Right. And we're seeing that right now. Right. And thankfully God has given us his promise that he's not going to, he's not going to flood us again. Right. But it does, it, it, like it got to the point where God himself was saying, okay, Hard reset. <laughs> yeah. This is bad, and I'm starting over, right? Yeah. And we have a month that is 
dedicated to the exact opposite end of that. So so the, the reason I bring that up is because it's important, like you just said, that especially with how hammered we are in the culture today to define things a certain way, right? And to bow to the culture and say, okay, yep, I'm going to I'm going to say this is okay. I'm going to say this is okay. I'm going to say this is okay because love is love. Don't judge, right? We have a standard in scripture that's laid down by God that we do not have the right to abandon. Nobody has the right to abandon, right? We just acknowledge that we don't have the right to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. So it's in, it's important that as we're talking about love that we define our terms correctly because our culture is very much pushing their definition. And if Christians do not stand on the word of God, we have nothing to stand on. Yeah. Right? So when we are looking at, okay, we're commanded in Scripture to love our brother. We're commanded in Scripture to love our family in Christ. What does that look like? Is it love defined how the world defines it? Or is it love defined ultimately by the person of Jesus Christ and how he manifested that definition? Right. Yeah. So it's important to remember that it's important to to make those correlations. Right. And to not allow the definitions to bleed over to one another, because that's often what happens. Right. And you begin to see too much of the world in the church and the definitions start to creep in. Right. And the 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 um, the acceptance of certain things begins to start to creep in. Right. And it's not it's not we're not advocating go out into the world and be a jerk. That's not what we're advocating. But there are many things in our culture today and increasingly more things that we as Christians need to be able to take a hard stand on and say, no, this is what the word of God says. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to be a jerk to you because you don't agree with it, but I'm definitely going to stand on the precepts of the word of God because if I don't have those precepts, I don't have anything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I think one of the one of the things that is so important as we talk about defining um, love according to the scriptures, you know, the point I made that you know, funny enough, it's the exact same point I had made when I preached out of chapter two, and I made the point that chapter two, especially seven through eleven, is very similar to eleven through fifteen. Um, and I, I'm convinced John is very cyclical in his writing style. You see that in Revelation even. You see that in some mm-hmm. cases in in some of his content um, in returning back to a subject or a theme um, in the Gospel of John. But, you know, in chapter yeah. 2, verse 7 of First John, he talks about how the old commandment is the word that you have heard. And I tried to make the point that, you know, between the Old and the New Testament, those the command is not divorced. It's further clarified in the New. In the New Covenant, we have a perfect example. So Jesus is citing in, you know, John 13 to the disciples, the exact same commandment back in Leviticus 19 to love your neighbor. But the difference is the word is no longer neighbor. The word's now one another. And the word is not just as yourself, but he's saying, as I have loved you. And so mm. Christ gets to define um, the perfect living example. Um, again, it's why he tells the disciples in the Gospel of John, this is love, that one would lay down his life for his friends. And so mm-hmm. it means that Christ is the model. He, love is centered around who he is and what he has done. And I think 
that becomes a really helpful understanding in practical application because, you know, to use Pride Month as an example, all of us are in are in different contexts to what our exposure is to Pride Month. Um, sure. Some have an exposure only to the extent online. Some have an exposure to where these are these are friendships. Some have mm-hmm. the exposure yeah. where they're colleagues. And and I sure. think what's really hard and some some family. Yes, exactly. That's a really yeah. good point. <laughs> so when you talk about when you talk about love, and I think especially with the backdrop of John talking about hate, it is really important that we get those words right so that we don't think, well, I love like Jesus, so I'm gonna be all inclusive, which gets Jesus wrong. Right. And I think right. at the other hand, we shouldn't think, well, well, loving is telling people when they're dumb and wrong. And so uh, if I get hated, that's fine. I think we should speak the truth in love, but we should also remember the whole New Testament narrative, you know, where Paul is even saying, let your words be seasoned with salt, correcting gentleness. Right. Um, and again, he's even, you know, he tells the church in Corinth, um, I'm not trying to judge the outside world in the way that I'm judging inside the church. I, I'm judging with a right judgment according to God's standard. And so mm-hmm. I, I think a practical application as we talk about this is always, always making sure when we say, what is love? We understand that John has told us, he will tell us in the study, well, God is love. And if God is love, that means God is the one who defines uh, how we are to love. And, and so that's why the ending question that we're to love one another. And I think when we sit with people, um, it doesn't mean that we have to berate them um, with, you know, some of the ways that we see others being berated. But we really say, listen, this is the, this is the truth in gentleness and great care. Um, here's the truth of what I would seek to share with you. Um, again, I can't remember who it was that said it, but... Um, I think it was Luther who said, speak the truth, even if your voice shakes, um, yeah. you know, and, and speak the, the truth in a gentle uh, and caring tone. I think if we love people, we're not just caring about what we, what we want to say to them, but also what we want to show to them, how we want to seek to, to love them and care for them in our actions. I think that's an important thing. In the Christian life, love is an action word. It's not an emotional word. And we are in a culture yeah. of emotionalism, and that tends to drive our understanding. Well, I love you, so I'm going to send you, you know, heartwarming messages. Um, and while that's great to encourage someone, exhort the believers, you know, um, be quick to say, hey, I know you shared you're discouraged. Um, here's the word. Let me encourage you in this. At the same time, again, as we closed, if we love the brothers it shows that we are characterized and known by our our love. Um, it's not just yeah. something of like, hey, love you, brother, but literally showing them love of being in one another's lives. I think that's why it's sacrificial. You, you can't just say, I love you. You have to prove it. Well, and that's the thing is like it to truly love someone, especially love someone that you disagree with, right? It requires that you deny yourself and you put on Christ. Right, truly loving someone that hates you or that hates the God that you serve requires a great amount of spiritual discipline and wisdom from the Lord. 
right? It's not something that we can conjure up on our own, right? It's easy to love our pets or it's easy to love, you know, most of the time our kids or, or our family, right? Um, <laughs> right. Those, those types of relationships come, come easier when it, when it, when it, when it comes to, you know, loving somebody, right? You're not, that a, not a that parent yet, are you, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just around your kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just fair. kidding. Just That's kidding. Awesome. Just kidding. Complete joke. Complete joke. I think your boys are awesome. Um, it is a very different thing when you are interacting with that individual that is either calling you names or or even if they're not even you know that that uncivil just that you disagree with majorly and you're like okay lord i need to speak truth to this individual but i need to do so in a way that does not ruin my witness for you right and i think a lot of people get those mixed up is they they think the truth they are speaking is the love they see speak truth in love so they think oh i just need to speak truth and that's loving not always Right. Not that's not always how it is. We're called to speak truth. Definitely do not compromise on what the word of God says. But it's just as important how you speak it. Yeah. Right. I, and <laughs> I interrupted it's you. my turn. I know. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> OK, keep going. Keep going. No, I just have one more thought. The truth that you're going to be speaking from the word of God, especially in the culture that we live in today, it's going to be spicy enough. You don't need to be adding your own hot sauce to it. <laughs> right? And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I think a lot of people, because I think a lot of people see the hatred of the world as a badge of honor that they can wear. And look, if you claim Jesus Christ and you live according to his word, the world's going to hate you enough. Yeah. You don't need to be giving them external reasons that Jesus doesn't talk about to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. And it, 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 we really need to understand that how we speak the truth, how we engage the culture matters just as much with what we are saying. Yeah. Because if you're speaking truth, but you're doing so in a way that does not represent Christ, useless. So what does Paul say? You could speak in the tongues of angels, but if you don't have love, you're a noisy gong, you're a clinging symbol, you're worthless. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to you. It'd be better as if, it'd be better if you did not speak at all. Yeah. If you're speaking the truth out of temper or hatred or frustration. Yeah. Right. And that's convicting to me, right? Because I look at the world we live in, I can get riled up. I look at the way people blaspheme the Lord. I see kids in in drag queen shows that that's all over Twitter. Like I see this stuff, and I think, Lord, please just torch it, right? But then I'm remembered. But then I'm reminded. So were some of you before Jesus Christ blessed you with His grace, changed your heart of stone, turned it to a heart of flesh. That would be you if it was not for the grace of God. So go, therefore, and give that same grace to others, right? Yeah. That centers me back yeah. to a place to where I need to be, right? Yeah. Well, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that, and I love your point. I, I think, too, a, a thing that, that we always have to remember um, is that John is talking to the church. That is the first point mm-hmm. of the connection. Yep. And so in light of that, what he's doing is he's comparing the church— uh, in contrast to the world, and so that does mean in that in that little comparison, I would say probably a really a big comparison. What's really important to remember is the way in which we love one another shows not only that we are of God, 
but that we are together one another, the body of Christ. So when we see this month, like June is the month of pride, of which we all know what that means. We all know how what the what the rainbow is about, and we all know as as adults, Lord willing, we know where our culture is. We should not be surprised when they hate that we're opposed to the month of June being that focus. But in that, I think that's where John is reminding us, you then should look different. You should not be all-inclusive in the month of June. You should seek to care for the believer. And again, I, I don't think either one of us is trying to be the tone police. But I think something in our culture that I've noticed that I've learned I have to be more careful with is like, I love a good uh, sermon quote or a meme, but it doesn't tell the whole picture. So we've become right. like, I've noticed that like, there's almost like a tunnel vision. We read a good quote and it's hard hitting, you know, like the big quote that a, a Reformed Baptist made not long ago, that it's really good point. He was saying, you know, we limit loving one another to like quoting the Bible or like loving one another is I'm going to come over and like bring you food and hardship or I'm going to, you know, like come and walk alongside you and pray with you in diff- difficult things, you know. Loving you is also confronting you and rebuking your sin. You know, if, if someone was, you know, asleep in a in their home and their house is on fire, I wouldn't just be like, hey, brother, if you want to come outside, you know, I would go in and drag him out. And because I love, love I want to love my neighbor. Um, how much more do we need to be like that? That's a really good point. But I think what we've often done is take sermons and, and little memes and we've detached that from the whole whole picture. We've detached that from the whole point because, you know, that I just told you a snippet from a sermon. That doesn't tell the whole point. And so when we look at passages that say we ought to love one another or we ought to confront sin and be serious about it, all of those things are true while the rest of the New Testament is true. And, and well, so. and th- th- that's the problem with the Twitter culture that we live in today, right, is we feel like we have to we feel like we have to engage with the culture in 280 characters or less. Right. And we live in such a snapshot culture and it doesn't, it doesn't anyone who understands the rules of communication, right. I took a lot of communication classes in, in, in college. It's just something that I did just cause I like talking. Right. Go figure. <laughs> but one of the rules of that, of how to be an effective and clear communicator is that you explain your premise correctly and you flush out the topic that you're talking about. You don't just limit it to like one or two sentences and say, okay, that's sufficient. Right. Yeah. It's very difficult to do because so many of these topics that, that individuals have these, these, these theological hot takes on, it's not the only aspect of the argument, right? Like they're going to say one thing, but that, that isolated quote might contradict something else. So like again you need to you need to take the time to flesh it out, right? Yeah. And I think we do that with scripture too. Is I think we can get tunnel vision like you were saying and say, "Well, this is what the Bible says, um so I just need to do this." It's like, "Well, again, scripture is meant to be read as a whole, a con- a cohesive whole." Yeah. And scripture interprets scripture, right? So you can't just take one verse where, you know, Paul you know, like okay, like Jesus, Jesus tossing tables right in the temple. Yeah, you see, you see a very specific side of Jesus in that story. He's angry, righteously, 
right? And you see him, you see him acting in a way that is very, very harsh, but right. needed, right? But if you isolate all of your, if you isolate Jesus' personality and the things to copy Jesus in from that one passage, <laughs> like a lot of reformed people do, apparently, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble because that's not all who Jesus was. Yeah. Right. And, and and on the other side, too, if you just isolate, you know, Jesus uh, caring for blind Bartimaeus. Right. And that's all that you focus on. Jesus is just his love and just his care. Yeah. You're missing an entire like so much of his person. Yeah. Right. We're meant to view Jesus in his entirety. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with scripture. Right. And we need to be doing that, I think more I think we need to be doing a better job at that especially as we listen to the sermons as we read scripture and as we're asking ourselves okay how does this apply to my life not just this particular verse but how does this passage how does this book how does this gel with the cohesive whole of scripture to inform how I should live yeah and you know going back to that closing question that I brought up, you know, are we loving one another according to Christ and his commandments? I shared at our community group last night that the reason why that closing question I, I felt had to be so specific um, as, yeah. as loving one another being according to Christ and his commandments is because, you know, I shared in my own background coming from a very, um, I would say shallow and 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 in some in some ways um, dangerous theologically um, in in its stream. One of the things I shared was, you know, if you just say, "Well, we need to love one another," um, that's not only self-defined, but even by um, some that go into certain heresies, even do what's called l- love bombing. You know, or or they'll they'll say we need to love on one another. I hate that term for so many reasons, and I hate that verbiage. But really, it's just creepy. It is. I don't want you to love on me. Yeah, get off me. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Get, get, get yeah. away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I I yeah. It, I'm just I'm not gonna go there. I if, to be no. out of the no. safety no. of every yes. listener and out of care for them. Yes. I'm not gonna go there. But, I picture a dog. <laughs> Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So I just I I don't think um it's 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 good to leave that ambiguous. And so understanding that that it needs to be according to Christ that we love, and it needs to be according to His commandments. Then that actually tells us when we think of the practical application. There's a series of questions. Well, how did Jesus love? Mm-hmm. Okay, that means I need to I need to read my my Bible and learn about who Jesus is and what are his commandments. Well, man, I I I need to grow in that and be like the psalmist who says I meditate on them day and night. If I want to be the blessed man of Psalm 1, I need to seek to look through the lens of Christ. And so right. it reminds me of um you know one of our elders Dwayne um, whenever I get kind of caught up in in issues or concerned with things that I I notice that he doesn't always get concerned about. Same with Frank and Lord, Lord is the Lord is good by bringing these older men into my life. I'll often, um, you know, say like, man, this is an issue, or I'm trying to figure out how we do this, and and then they'll just often, you know, make the point of like, we really just need to look at Christ and really think about he how he is truly the one that governs and and decides how this is gone about um you know christ is sufficient 
we hear those terms and we do. It's funny. I don't know why, like I do this. This is not an, an accusatory thing on anyone else, but on myself that I, I more quickly would tweet that or quickly would, you know, quote somebody on a statement of Christ's sufficiency or his um, his perfection or his sacrificialness um, in his active or passive obedience. And I can go theologically deep, but that was the point on how the way in which we love one another both has to do in the Christian life with orthodoxy and orthopraxy, what we believe right. and how we practice. And so when we talk about, man, how am I loving one another? I honestly think if we were, if every Christian was to sit down and write at the top of a page, how am I loving the believers in my local church and start there? Just start with your local believers and you just say, okay, how did Christ love? Um, again, there are some ways in which um, we're not Christ. Um, we are not perfect. We will never love like Christ. Christ is not this perfect little example on the cross. He's our atoning sacrifice. He's our he's our sacrificial lamb of God. So we're not looking to to be godlike. We're looking to be godly. And so mm-hmm. I think a good example is literally if we were to just write down going over the gospels and how do the apostles speak of Christ and the example. Go read Philippians 2. And look at the example Paul gives, you know, the humility of Christ. Now, how we should humble ourselves. And then look at his commandments. Look at the Ten Commandments that are consistent from Genesis to Revelation. And and that's the moral standard God desires for his people. I think we'd be quite busy until the Lord returns. 100%, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I think that's a good place to wrap. So right there. Go go into your local church this week. Love one another. Don't love on one another. Love one don't another. Don't do that. No. 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 Don't love on anything. No. Yeah. I, I'm not let's just not do that. Let's just strike that phrase from the record. I feel like let's just make that I feel like two things that came out of this podcast that could easily be like a bumper sticker are um, just because it's spicy doesn't mean you have to add hot sauce. I loved that. Um, and yeah. and then and then the, this one now. Don't love on people. You'll get kicked out of the group. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Very quickly. Yeah. Without. Without. Yes. Yeah. It's it's absolutely going to happen. Yes. Don't, don't love on me. No. Please. Love me, but don't love on me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you getting it all we over me. We would appreciate it. <laughs> we would also appreciate you guys sharing this episode. We appreciate you guys sharing the podcast. We appreciate you guys sending questions or comments or encouragements or anything of the like. We really enjoy interacting with you guys. It's a lot of fun. It gives David and I other things to talk about. And uh, You can reach us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at PracticaPod. You can head on over to www.practicapod.com. And uh, you can listen to the episodes. Uh, you can get in touch with David and I and the podcast in any of those places. Uh, David, am I missing anything? I don't think I don't so. Think you I could am. send us a letter if you have an address. You could. Yeah, but I don't know where they'd send it. Well, let's let where them. Where would they send it? Let's let them figure that out. Just if you can send okay. a letter locally and you write then on y- paper like they did back you the in the day. You're the real MVP. You're the real MVP. Yeah, and you Dude, know where it, to send it, even though we've never told you an address. Good on yeah. you. Good on you. And that might convince me that like maybe the sign gifts aren't done. Because how'd they do that? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, our local people hey. at Redeemer probably know, but so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. They still okay. ceased. Okay. <laughs> they, the, they still done. Yeah. We thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you uh, uh, interacting with us. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Practica Podcast. Have a good week. Yeah. Don't go love on one another. Don't go love on one another. Okay. Have a good week. <laughs>